scene at Arcaden Cinema in St. Louis, Missouri, an independent cinema here with owners Sarah and Keith. And we are wanting to spotlight these folks and what they're doing for the community specifically in film and uh, just kind of the crossover mediums that they kind of employ here at their space as well. Very cool interior decorations. That's one of the things that first kind of grabbed me whenever I first came here. My first experience here was technically by accident. I went to a show at the Heavy Anchor and you guys were doing a gravel showing out the back. Uh-huh. I kind of drifted over there like, what's going on? And you guys were showing Austin Powers back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like nostalgia fest for me. So, yeah. you know, I had to see Austin Powers outside. So I was just kind of Forgot about the show that I was at here to watch a buddy's band, and I just got enamored with watching Austin Powers outside the back. <laughs> so that was a fun time. Yeah. So you guys do all kinds of events here at Arcade and Cinema, and, and that's kind of how you guys started, right? Was showing out films out the back, or did I have that? Yeah, that is up? right. So we um, bought this space we're in in uh, late 2019. We got plant. It was it looked completely different inside, so we knew we had to fully gut and remodel it to put a theater in here. Yeah. Got plans to do that, got plans approved by the city. And literally like three days after that, lockdown happened with oh, COVID. Yeah. And so it didn't really make sense. But our neighbors, the Heavy Anchor, which is a bar and venue that's been here for a long time now, right. uh, they proposed like, hey, just throw up a screen on our wall and show movies outside. And, you know, people come through their bar, they'll get some business, we'll be able to kind of start up and that worked out great because it kind of gave us like a slow ramp up sure we got mm-hmm. to do all kinds of different things out there including Austin. we had a whole <laughs> yeah. series based around austin powers okay, it was yeah. austin powers and movies that were referenced in austin powers right should sure. like blow up and a hard day's night and, yeah um, yeah yeah a bunch of stuff like that so <laughs> fantastic uh, one of the James Bond movies. Did you get to see the costume? Uh, we saw, <laughs> so uh, our friend Ridge who does a podcast with us was with me whenever we were going to the show and was like, what the hell? Why is this guy des- dressed like Dr. Evil? <laughs> like this is before the movie started showing. Right, we were like right. kind of clueless on what was going on. I was like, like, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. He's coming to the show dressed like Dr. Evil, like kind of unusual. I mean, I've seen weirder things. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, you know, it was definitely strange. It stood out. And then I realized what was going on in other yeah. people's yeah, yeah. stuff. So yeah. So yeah, I, I saw it by accident. Let's put it that way. We also yeah. had sharks with freaking laser beams. Yeah. They had like shark, like those like kind of blow up or they weren't blow up shark mm-hmm. costumes, but like the, the Katy Perry shark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shark like costume, left shark. And then whatever. they just wrapped like um, glow sticks or yeah. whatever they had yeah. laser beams. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's pretty good. And so that that's piqued my curiosity. Obviously, I realized it was kind of a separate entity that was taking place. You guys here doing those showings, and uh, I'll I'll kind of my more realistic like patronage type situation. Even though it was a free event that you guys did, was the short film uh, festival that you guys just did here in the last uh, I guess it was late spring. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so late spring where you guys featured a lot of St. Louis filmmakers and various types. I mean, you know straight ahead narrative shorts. There was documentary shorts. I mean, it was just a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool to experience. Cause that was my first time I've been to film festivals before, but not like that. And sp- specifically directed at St. Louis. So that immediately piqued my interest in having you all on the show specifically. And to, because that's kind of the spirit of what the ATI podcast is, is we try to feature up and coming artists uh, through various mediums. You know, we've had directors, we've had actors, actresses, professional wrestlers, bands, uh, you know, artists that you've employed some decorations <laughs> here, Maxine 13's painting that we've mm-hmm. uh, shared on social media. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a former guest of ours. And you've got the uh, Vincent Price piece up here, too, yeah. from mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And so I just I I already thought that there would probably be some kinship as far as the spirit of what you guys are doing here, too. Was that something like as soon as you guys open up, what you had in mind was to, you know, if we get an opportunity to feature St. Louis or anybody from St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, we always love having local filmmakers out here. Even on the back lot, we did a few movies. Um, Folks reached out to us about making a movie and wanting to show it. And we love to be that kind of venue for people. Yeah, Um, We're actually doing another short film festival, um, same deal, uh, in September, September 23rd. 
Yeah. Um, so it might be something we do twice a year, like a biannual situation. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah. anybody can submit if you've made a movie. We don't really have any requirements and we don't really turn anybody away unless it's like graphic. <laughs> or offensive yeah, or right, something. Right. But sure. yeah, cool. pretty low bar to clear. And it's yeah. just about, you know, people who've made something and just want to share it and we just have a space and then, you know, kind of bringing that together. So it's just, you know, it's not meant to be like, exclusive the way a film festival sure. would be it's just meant to be like or a competition made, per se exactly yeah. right it's just be, meant right. to be i made this thing let's share it with people yeah and um you know we provide the space for that. i know that i know the one in the spring was extremely successful a lot of folks were here i was kind of yeah. afraid that i was even going to get in because you know it was kind of first come first <laughs> serve and when i pulled up it was pouring rain initially yeah, yeah. and i was sitting in my car looking at the front entry and there's some people standing outside i'm like oh my god they're waiting to get in <laughs> in the rain oh man i'm not going to get in uh so but i got right in and uh, the film festival had already started. I just missed it by a little bit. And uh, I just found myself trapped. You know, I came there to initially to support some of the filmmakers we've had on our podcast previously. Mondo Franco was uh, mm -hmm. one of the mm -hmm. filmmakers. And Logan Coley does a lot of makeup and special effects stuff for a lot of area filmmakers specifically. Uh, and then uh, a friend of ours, Doug Wicker, grew up in the same area as us. Been a multiple-time sure, yeah. guest of our show is, is doing great um, out there and him and Mondo are getting ready to do a film together. So I just thought, you know, this just kind of seems like a perfect storm. They're going to be showing Mondo's film, mm -hmm. uh, that we had just had a podcast on recently. And, uh, I, I mean, and, and this was kind of, I guess the rebirth of you guys doing indoor showings as well. Is that right? Or how long have you guys the, been doing the that? Birth of it, okay. The birth of it. Yeah. One of the very first events we did. Okay. Inside, I, thought, yeah. I thought it might've been, and it, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, now you guys have a more updated seating than what you had previously. But I liked the vibe before. <laughs> yeah. Like the random home furniture. And, right, right. You know, we still got a little of that. But yeah. yeah, the folding chairs sitting on for like a two or three hour movie. You know, I think people got a little sure. <laughs> tired yeah. of. But so, yeah, hopefully more comfortable. Now yeah. Because. I mean, there was nowhere to sit whenever I came in. It was that busy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Against the wall. Awesome. And uh, which, you know, doesn't bother me at all, right. at all, you yeah. know, so, yeah. but uh, yeah, man, I just, I, I found myself like watching like seven films straight and there was, I was trying to meet other people and talk to Mondo after his viewing. It was just, you guys did a fantastic job of showcasing. I mean, everything was fascinating that was shown. I don't know if like in the pre-selection process, you know, you were like, I know you said there was a little bar to clear, but um, it certainly seemed like there was a lot of filmmakers and artists out there with something to say as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't just pure entertainment. There was some substance to the shorts that were shown. Yeah, for sure. There were a lot of talented people in there. And it was cool because a lot of these folks had made these movies during or right before the pandemic and never right. had the chance to see them in a theater. And that was something we didn't even think about happening. And sure. people were like, oh, this was so cool because it's the first time I've ever seen it in a theater. Right. I was like, oh, that's nice to be able to give somebody that opportunity. Yeah, Mondo actually had that specific opportunity for himself because he uh, he had never had the chance to premiere it as well because they were shooting that. And as soon as the last shot, like that evening, I want to say that weekend, that Sunday night, uh, when the president made his announcement that we were uh, shutting things down and COVID was a real threat and that sort of stuff was like literally the last day of their shoot mm -hmm. for X Massacre. Wow. And uh, so it, that was his first opportunity to see it in the theater. And it was really funny. He and I had a breakout discussion following because he had hired a guy he knew in LA whenever he worked out there to do sound editing on that film. Mm. And on the film in the short, it comes to a point that, uh, you know, the heroine's about to be murdered, what, what have you to, to give it away. <laughs> Disclaimer, <laughs> right. Uh, but the, there's a train in the background and that train, that pace of that train almost sounds like a heartbeat and it almost syncopated as if it was a heartbeat. It the, the low thud of, yeah, a, you yeah. know, going across the train tracks. And uh, I stepped out after a short to talk to him. I was like, man, that's amazing. Like you, was that mapped out? Oh no. That's the first time I ever heard it. It was just by accident. <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. And he had never seen his film other than on computer speakers. And yeah. you know, you had a nice audio set up in there as well. So, you know, that's another feature that definitely we want to let folks know about that you have here. But yeah, it was, it was really like, I was, it was almost panic inducing, like anxiety inducing. That, uh -huh. But those are the, those are the experiences that you want to come to a theater and, right. and actually have again. You know, yeah, I think people totally. are craving that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we've been getting, you know, good crowds for the stuff we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think there's something, you know, we're not the biggest theater, obviously. We're sure. a micro cinema, we call ourselves. Um, but I think there's something about, yeah, just being in the space and it, the lights are dark. You know, you're not going to check your phone. Your dog's not barking. Your kids right. aren't around or whatever. 
and um, just being focused in with another with a group of people. Right. I think that's the real experience. That, Absolutely. You know, we we offer here. Yeah. yeah. Kind of all tune into the same wave, wavelength at the exactly. same time yeah. and brings back kind of that old school theater experience in that regard. Uh, for folks who haven't come to Arcade and Cinema, let's talk about the variety of, of films that you show. I know we got kind of in the weeds about the short film festival, but uh, talk to us about the programming, how that's selected. I know you guys have things mapped out months in advance. Yeah, we we try to do a broad range. I mean, we focus mostly on repertory stuff, so it's mostly older films we do. Um, we always try to mix it up with a little bit of stuff that people probably have heard of and, you know, cult films that people love. Definitely. And mix it up with stuff that maybe they haven't heard of or, you know, it's a little bit more under the radar. Um, so we tend to do monthly themes to some extent. So, yeah. for example, in August, we have this disco versus punk theme. <laughs> yeah. So we're showing some disco movies like yeah. um, Saturday Night Fever and Xanadu. Very cool. And uh, then we're also doing punk movies like um, Atlanta Western Civilization, yeah. the documentary, and um, Out of the Blue, which is a great uh, Dennis Hopper movie that has some punk music in it. And we're doing like a horror night. We usually yeah. try to get at least a little bit of horror every month because mm -hmm. sure. right. we love horror and uh, we know a lot of, you know, people in St. Louis really love it's horror. A big following for that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we have like for the disco versus punk, it's prom night, which is our, it has a big mm -hmm. disco dance scene yeah. and uh, driller killer, which is like the punk band next door, like driving this guy insane. So, um, yeah, so we kind of try to do playful little themes like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we also try to, you know, um, we have a lot of guest programmers as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they really, we give them pretty free reign to just do what they want. Yeah. So we have like a kind of art house horror series called Dark Dream Cinema. And he, he chooses stuff that just he wants to share that aren't always movies you would classify as horror, but that, you know, he kind of generates that mood. Still, shows, yeah. yeah, in a yeah. way, like if you look at it a certain way, it can be like a horror movie. Yeah. And uh, Strange Brew, which is a cult film series that's actually been around pre-existing us by many, many years. But we're now the home for it, which, you know, mm -hmm. we're really happy to be. Very cool. It was a silent movie every month. We have a thing called Counter Program, which is a local film critic and um, programmer. And he uh, picks something that's kind of like sees what's playing in the the multiplexes and kind of counter programs. It was something totally yeah. different off kind of know. the antithesis thereof. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So silence please is out here. The second day of and she's done a great job with reintroducing silent film to the St. Louis communities. I really want to give her a shout out because she yeah, does yeah. great work with that. Um, and then we've also got a few new series. We've got um, knife time. Yeah. Uh, which is a like this local uh, aspiring comedian, I guess I would say. Yeah, uh, she picks a Lifetime movie and does like a themed cocktail with it, so that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then we're also doing like a classic wrestling night. Um, awesome. Yeah. Every other month, and um, a local what'd you call him, Mark? Video editor <laughs> <Yeah>. extraordinaire, <laughs> I guess. Um, he does this thing called Head Cleaner theater yeah. um and it, he take he it's all sourced from vhs tapes that he mm -hmm. amasses and then he edits them into these cool kind of like if you've ever seen everything is terrible stuff mm -hmm. um it's kind of in that vein of okay. like picking out those parts that are like really funny or uncanny right and then kind of mashing them together with other stuff yeah. we just did the first one and it was a, a really cool night and yeah, people had a cool. lot of fun with it. Yeah. I was going to say, it looked like you guys had a good turnout for that. Um, yeah. Max, just about, I think, occupancy. Yeah. We were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I caught it after the fact. I was like, oh, man, that did seem like a really cool idea. Yeah. And I'm a huge, like, old school professional wrestling fan as well. Like, yeah. We even occasionally get, get the chance to talk to some locally inspired professional wrestlers. And um, a lot of it goes back to nostalgia, though. Right. Sure, and yeah, I make right. that point to make this point, and then the fact that I think you guys are really tapping into some nostalgia feels here Absolutely. too, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of uh, what the allure is to come in here. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we try to mix it a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of something you haven't seen. Right. Kind of try to cover both both sides of it. Yeah. And whenever you guys first started out here, was there always, are things kind of laying out with your vision as to kind of what you expected or were there challenges or hurdles that you guys ran into? I mean, I know COVID obviously is an yeah, obvious one. We kind of talked about yeah, those. Big ones. Um, but, you know, once things were back up and running, uh, is this kind of the vision that you guys had all along or do you have more ambitions? Kind of what's the idea? I think it's, yeah, I think it is pretty close. I mean, on a big, large picture scale, yes, I think it is our, our vision. And then, 
it's more about, especially when you own a physical space, right? It's just like, I, I think there's a lot more involved with that than we were necessarily anticipating <laughs> yeah. at the sure. first part, especially because this was not outfitted as a theater. Right. Absolutely. It was like offices. It was carpeted. Right. It was, had two storefronts and we, we had to break through a wall to get, yeah. you know, combine the two, all that kind of stuff. So, right. um, like the original vision was actually that we were going to use those two storefronts and one side was the bar and one side was the theater. Now we have the bar up front theater kind of in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, the kind of logistics of it are maybe a lot different than we thought, mm -hmm. but the overall picture of it, I think is not too far off from what we were yeah. anticipating, you know? Well, obviously with running any type of business, there's a lot of red tape that you have to go through city inspections, that yes, sort of right. stuff. And before you start modding like older buildings too, sometimes depends on what municipality that you're in. Mm -hmm. There's some restrictions with what you can and can't do. Or, uh, you know, you might be grandfathered in, however, you need to label switches and breakers. And oh, it's yeah. just like the real small stuff that people <laughs> don't realize until they actually start running a business that, you know, that this, you have to have this inspection done before you have that inspection, that third party inspection yes, as right. well, before you yeah. can even open the doors. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot of uh, headaches that business owners that people don't realize right. yeah. that small business owners such as yourself have to go through. And I'm sure that that's probably somewhat challenging being in a city of St. You know, a larger city like St. Louis as well. Um, are there some of those experiences that were hurdles for you initially getting opened up? Again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, we both have other jobs outside of this. I took off from teaching this year just to get this place open because I knew it was going to be like every day at City Hall. And sure enough, yeah. during the month of February, it was like yeah. four days a week at City Hall oh, trying man. to get stuff <laughs> taken care of. Yeah. And we did everything a little bit. I don't want to say DIY completely because I mean, we hired a contractor and everything. It's not like I sure. physically <laughs> built out this space. I wouldn't be able to do that. But, um, you know, we did a lot of the legwork ourselves in terms of like licenses and, yeah. and kind of arguing with the city right. and that kind of thing. People don't realize that's, that's, that can be a full day's worth of work in and of itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. There are many, many right. days worth of work yeah. for sale. And then just like, you know, compiling all the various documents you need mm -hmm. just to file something just so you can pay the city money just to get a piece yeah. of paper, you yep. know, that kind of stuff. There's a lot involved with that for sure. And it is definitely the like most annoying part of definitely. this whole process by far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you ever got to the point that you're like kind of discouraged by the whole nonsensory of it or. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine, you know, yeah, running, there's a lot to running a business that people don't think about, you know, and it's great that you guys are pursuing a dream in a, in a cinema like this, but also at the same time, like, dreams get squashed easily by just the silliest things at, uh, in retrospect. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, hard yeah. while you're going through it, of course. There was a point where, like, we found out we had to have five sinks behind this bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This tiny bar this we tiny have. Bar. Right. Which is, and yeah. it, it said, it, I mean, just trying to find the sink and then trying to figure out actually how many sinks we yeah. needed according to code. And then Keith found out it wasn't actually in the code. So we were trying to find the city <laughs> on that. But we didn't win that battle. Um, but anyway, that like, we could you know, have, but they you, said they were going to add it. That sets you back like two weeks. Oh, no. oh, my goodness. Because you're trying to, you know, right. and then yeah. a sink costs like $2,000. And you're like, oh, yeah, if you want to buy it. So we buy a lot of used stuff. <laughs> sure. Buy right. stuff new, like a sink for a back bar. It's like crazy. I was going to say, especially with probably some of the spatial constraints that you guys have as yeah. well you know it they just want you to have a five vat sink it's not you know that necessarily has to be a certain size mm -hmm. uh unless you know depending on what your dishware is you need to be able to fully submit yes, dish, dishware or whatever yeah but yeah like so if you get in a unique situation where you have to get in a tight space people don't think like in the weeds that you can get like just finding a sink that works for you in this right. application mm -hmm. you know and it's really only because we have must get in the weeds of the stuff yeah. but um it's really only because we have food. We serve food, and right. the food we serve is literally just popcorn. We make in a tiny popcorn machine, put into a cup. But because you use a metal scoop, scoop to put it in, uh, then that puts you into the category of you're doing food service, and so you've got yeah. to have all the sinks for that, and you've yeah. got to have you've like Sarah had to take the food safety course. Wow! You yeah. Know, yeah, again for literally just popcorn. That's the only <laughs> food we have other than candy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you ever want to get horrified about <laughs> eating out? Take a food safety. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I worked in retail and I was a dairy manager and yeah, I oh, worked in restaurants. Yeah, in restaurants. Yeah. yeah. So I know, yeah, it's yeah. 
it's not yeah, once you once you once you work for a restaurant, you kind of have a, a different way of looking at you. Know, <laughs> right? but, yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I just like I try to be like ambivalent to like, oh, I don't I don't know what happens here. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So, <laughs> well, I will say that, you know, I, I did take some personal note of some of the programming and things that you guys do. Uh, we're big horror heads, all of us, too. You know, we're largely 90 kids, although we were born in the 80s. But that's where we kind of started to grow into some of our own little personal interests Absolutely, and things yeah. like that. Mid to and, late 90s. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know like a lot of the programming that's been shown here kind of hits on that a little bit. But also you guys, as you mentioned, do some historic programming. I know today, for example, at three o'clock, you guys are going to be doing a show showing. Let's talk about that showing that you guys mm -hmm. are doing today for anybody sure, that's yeah. live. So this is the kind of thing I like to do at least once a month, which is something that just would never really naturally play at any other theater. Right. And um, so it's a movie called Welcome or No Trespassing. It's like a joke title, but it's a summer camp movie made in the Soviet Union back in the 60s. And it's um, it's kind of like Moonrise Kingdom. Like it has very much that kind of feel about it. Yeah. And I would almost have to wonder if Wes Anderson had seen it because it, it has a lot of like <laughs> right. little touches yeah. that are very like similar to that. And um, so, yeah, it, it's a really cool movie. I mean, it is kind of available out there if people want to watch it, but it's just not the kind of movie that would naturally show at a lot of places. Sure. And we can kind of devote a little bit of the schedule to that. And then with that, we're doing some Russian or Soviet animated shorts. And if people have never seen that, I would definitely recommend checking it out, especially if you're into animation at all, because there's a lot of really cool, very, very unique styles that, of right. animation that uh, they did in the Soviet Union. Um, so... Yeah, it's kind of meant to be, it is a fun program, but it's also something that, like I said, is, is just not something that probably would show other sure. places too mm -hmm. often. So, And I, I, I'm sure that you get to express some of your creativity too in these things. So like I actually watched the trailer for that and I noticed that you guys had uh, kind of made your own custom trailer with some of the scenes, obviously from the from the film, yeah, uh, short film, and then uh, the music that you had underlay, a more modern and independent style music. And uh, I know that that's like, you don't have to do those things, but you're doing that to add a special touch to what you guys present here. Yeah, and I would like to do even more of that. It, um, a lot of that does come down to I do still have a day job. <laughs> right. Uh, but if I had, you know, all the time to devote to it, I probably would be cutting together trailers. It's yeah. just, it is a, you know, I'm sure you know, it's labor intensive oh, process right. yeah. and just time intensive to wait for your computer to just struggle through, like, right. you know, grinding right. through um rendering videos. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. I did some music video work for a couple of bands here in St. Yeah. Louis. And I mean, just doing three minute music videos can be right. like 12 to 20 hours of work sometimes, especially if you're a perfectionist. Yes. <laughs> you know right. Right. Saying? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you get, you're like, Oh, that's just a couple frames off. I can right. just trim those. Oh no, I need to render right. the whole thing again. That's yeah. another five <laughs> hours of waiting or whatever. My favorite thing is once you render a video and then you realize that a mistake that was made after the fact, right. you have to go back to the project <laughs> yeah. and redo it all right. over again. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that always maddening. It makes me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's sure. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have so, a few other like little touches like that. So like if people come to a movie before the show, we have like an uh -huh. intro thing um, that I kind of cut together. And we have this thing uh, from the movie that our, our um, business is based is named after uh, Mr. Arcadden, which we have the poster there and with Orson Welles, you know, directed <laughs> and starred in it. And so that's kind of a jokey thing because we realized at some point that um, people always pronounce the name wrong or differently. Like and <laughs> well, yeah, it, literally everyone does all the time. And I, it really doesn't bother us at all. No. But so we have this like thing I cut together from the movie, which is people just saying the name over and over again. And then I kind of like funny. even stretch it out at the end to, if um, people are familiar with the old Werenberg thing, yeah, like yeah. Werenberg, it's kind of like that. But it's like, oh, God, it. yeah. <laughs> That was so. kind of our, our thing as friends. And then it, it realized it caught on to everybody, though. But we were like, would always whisper Werenberg continually after the Werenberg thing started, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, you know, that speaks to, again, some of the nostalgia feels we were talking about that you guys implement behind the business. Yeah. It's just, you know, that, that hooks me right at the start. So regardless, you guys could slap up something that I wasn't interested in. And I would, I'd be tuned in already just because I know what what the how you guys are setting the table right. uh, for the experience here uh let's talk about we've talked about some programming and stuff with the films and stuff let's jump back toward the bar side the front end side yeah. uh, i know you guys do like custom and themed cocktails you kind of touched on that briefly uh passerby let's talk about kind of the beverage availability some of the snack availability that you guys have here yeah. too yeah, yeah we um we try to keep a big variety up here um spotlight some of the local breweries but also you know national craft breweries too um 
And then I just like coming up with cocktails. So we change it pretty frequently. <laughs> That's yeah. been a fun, uh, unexpectedly fun part of the job. We always knew we were going to have a bar, but we didn't. At one point, we thought we were just going to be strictly cans because we didn't know right. what we were going to be able to do. Right. Um, but have, being able to do like a cocktail menu that we can change up and theme with movies has been a lot of fun. And people, you know, really like coming out to that. So that's been good. Yeah. That's one thing where it helps. It's literally just the two of us that work here. Yeah. We don't have any employees. So Sarah can create a cocktail and then just make it up. There's nobody you have to teach like right. how to do it or, you know, make sure they're doing it right or anything. Because Sarah will always do it right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. If I, the rare times I have to make cocktails is when you, you know, you might, uh, they might not come out as good as they should. Um, but I mean, we've got your theater, um, candy, popcorn, um, We'll probably get into doing the flavored popcorn again. It's just uh, making sure we got our footing back behind the bar before yeah. we do that. But we've also been bringing in some um, like local vendors. Um, mm -hmm. We've had Mr.'s Hand Pies here a few times. They'll be back um, on Wednesday for Drinkless Cage. And then also we're doing this ABBA disco brunch. Um, and they'll be here as well for that. Um, we had Heavenly Sinful Delights out doing some treats for the nighttime event uh, last week. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Uh, now you mentioned drinkless cage, just a sidebar a momentary. I know that's another kind of programming thing that you guys do. That's very cool and very entertaining. And we've seen Nicholas cage and some <laughs> of the decor here. We've got raising Arizona mugshot over here in the mm -hmm. corner as well. Uh, point, yeah. yeah. An awesome, awesome, awesome actor, of course. Absolutely, but, yeah. uh, is there a certain, I mean, the fact that Nicholas cage is in the movie, but are there decisions made beyond that while you're selecting the films or for drinkless cage? Yeah. Um, not really. <laughs> I mean, there is, we do tune it to whatever the month feels like or whatever. I gotcha. Um, so like, you know, maybe July will be a bigger kind of action movie and maybe yeah. in the winter it's a little different, but yeah, that event, um, was Sarah's idea and it was based on something we used to just do at home a lot, which was like, we put on a random movie and just kind of create a drinking game around it. You could kind of feel like, okay, this might happen over and over again or whatever. Right. And so that's been our most popular event. I mean, it's as soon as we put tickets on sale, they sell out. Um, we added a second show time because it would sell out so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we write the rules ourselves. Mm -hmm. So they are tailored to the specific movie. And, um, you know, we try to find things that'll happen over and over again within the movie. But as far as, I mean, we have not yet repeat, we've done, I don't know how many we've done oh at this God. point. Oh, man's but, made a lot of films. He's a very young age, too, yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, pumps out four or five a year, um, yeah. even still. And um, so there's a lot to choose from. You know, right. not all of them are good, oh, <laughs> obviously. Right. Um, right. And some of them don't. The thing is, the bad ones actually can work okay for Drinkless Cage because yeah. you're just having fun with it. Right. The hard yeah. ones are like, the one we always talk about that like I don't see how we could ever do it is Leaving Las Vegas. No. Yeah. A movie where he drinks himself to death. Yeah. You know, it's like not a fun movie to do uh, a drinking game along to. Have you guys done Wild at Heart yet? Uh, well, we, no, 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 we actually haven't done it as Drinkless Cage. We did kind of a David Lynch okay. series a couple of years ago and we showed it, but we okay. haven't done it for Drinkless Cage. Yeah. And I, that might be a rough one. That's yeah, I was got some say. real <laughs> rough stuff in it. Especially <laughs> rid of yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That character in and of himself is, uh, yeah, you know. the uh, teeth and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A few that haven't made the cut just because we've started watching them and be like, oh, it's Ooh. a little bit too dark or this really just is not good and people aren't going to enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. So there are some we may never get around to, but few. yeah, we have right. delved pretty far into the like direct to streaming type movies okay. um, and done some of those and they, you know, they work well. Some of them are a little bit lower energy than you'd like, sure. but right. yeah. generally people are bringing the atmosphere just, you know, knowing it's drinkless cage right. and having the drinking rules and you know, that will keep people engaged. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, that's his work. I mean, he's kind of had a resurgence, you know, with films like The Pig and stuff more recently. Yeah. But, you know, he's definitely hit a period there where it's going to be probably hard for people to watch <laughs> the movie unless there's some type of theme, you know, in your case, you guys are doing yeah. like with the Drinkless Cage programming. Right. And it's funny because, I mean, I think he, like you said, he has had a resurgence and, you know, he had the movie where he played himself. Right, and, right. Oh. And uh, Renfield, and those were pretty big releases, but yeah. people don't even realize like, yeah, Renfield was a pretty big release. He's got like three other movies that are coming out this year, like a Western he made yeah. and like another one. And those are, you know, just don't really play anywhere. So right. it's like, even as he's got this resurgence, he's still making movies that just are not on people's radar, right. generally speaking. Right. Well, as far as releasing movies too, um, I mean, the intent, we've kind of dabbled on this a little bit too, of like what you guys show as well. 
you know, you guys aren't necessarily here to show like the newest Avengers movie or, right. you know, something like that. There's places that do that and that's their thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the spirit of things here. It's not to say that anybody's like above that, but uh, you guys are just kind of going for a different, uh, we'll just say like niche in yeah. the market. Yeah. There's going to be folks doing that and doing it well. Right. Um, so we want right. to do something a little bit different. Sure. Um, we've been lucky the past couple of months to get some new releases that haven't had um, haven't been shown here in St. Louis. Sure. We've been able to do premieres of those. Um, last yeah. month, or was it this? It was just this month. <laughs> it feels like Which forever one? ago. Uh, the Wakaliwood weekend. We yes, showed yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time in Uganda, which was um, a documentary that was made about um, this guy, Isaac, who's been making um, action movies in his, um, in his town in Uganda for probably a couple decades now. Um, yeah, he started, but like 15 years making features or so, um, maybe 10 years making features. But super low budget, um, but they're great. They're wildly entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, we were lucky enough to get him for a Q&A um, yeah, after, really cool. after the movie. And then we showed oh, a few wow. of his movies, too. Um, As well as the director of the documentary yes, about yeah. about him and about the Wakaliwood stuff. We've done a few others. We did this <laughs> AI, what claims to be the first AI-assisted <laughs> Film, feature length film, oh. um, which is a unofficial sequel to The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh. And that's a, a guy I'm kind of friends with um, online, directed it. And so we were able to get him and his partner on the film for Q&A. We've done a few things like that. So those, those are always a lot of fun. We have another one coming up okay. uh, in August called Cuddly Toys, which is... Um, says it's like bye bye birdie meets like Mondo Kane or uh, faces a death. So it's like, a, Oh wow. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a weird one, I think, but yeah. it'll be, yeah. um, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh. So yeah, doing these real, like very small kind of micro budget films right. is, is a lot of, is really cool because again, they're not the kind of thing that could ever right. really go to a, a multiplex right, or anything. Right. Um, and you know, even for us just doing a one night showing, we don't necessarily fill the house with those, but just sure. being able to um, be a space where, you know, it's a Things new like film and somebody happen. doing something interesting, you yeah. know, that's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the thing about it too, I wanted to kind of get into people don't again, realize the business end of doing what you guys are doing. And mm -hmm. the fact that it's like, yes, you can show whatever movie you want to a degree, you know, it's about what you guys can get here to show. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about kind of like, what the process of that is for you. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say generally speaking, when we think of a calendar, we're just thinking of movies we'd like to show. Right. But as far as the bit and then seeing if we can get them, mm -hmm. because right. like you said, yes, you can show anything, but to do it legally. And we do, right. um, you have to license it, which right. means paying a fee or for these smaller films, usually we do a split of the, mm -hmm. the box office, which is uh, nicer for sure. both of us, I think. Um, but yeah, there's a few companies that have large catalogs for like mainstream, older mainstream releases. So going through those are easier. But then when it's outside of that, um, it can be harder because you have to track down who owns the rights. You have to reach right. out to them. You have to hound them sometimes to get a right. response just so that you can give them money. Right. So it always feels very backwards about yeah. how it operates. Sure. And it's not, and there are things we haven't shown because we can't track down the rights holders. Right. Right. Occasionally we will show something that where we haven't gotten a, a actual green light, but we always say, you know, we keep accounts of what the box office are. So, you know, we can pay you out of what the right. box office we took was if somebody comes to us after the fact and says, Hey, you showed my movie or whatever. Um, but yeah, that business end of it um, is kind of more annoying. Yeah. It is kind of an annoying part of the process, I guess I'd say, because you just feel like part of it is that for most movies, you're not connecting directly with the filmmaker. Right. You're going through a middleman and often that middleman is like a middleman of a middleman. It's not even the studio sure. directly because of how we, how we're kind of classified. Um, cause we're not even seen as being a theatrical space mm -hmm. because right. of how small we are and because we don't have DCP, which is like what they have in the, the, you know, big movie theaters right. you go to. Um, so anyway, you, you kind of work with someone and you negotiate some rate and then you're like, well, how much of this is at, would ever get back to the actual filmmaker? Right. And it, 
it's got to be in the like pennies range. Sure. Like, yeah. you know? Whereas if we could connect with a filmmaker and just say, hey, we'll charge whatever and we'll split it 50 50. You know, those kinds of arrangements always feel good because then yeah. it's like, you no, know, we're, you're getting something out of it. We're getting something out of it. The people coming are getting something out of right. it. Everybody is winning when we do that kind of thing. That's, we've got a few of our newer releases that we're showing too, yeah. is that filmmakers are starting to reach out to us, yes. which is very yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah, that very is cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that was a piece I was very curious about. And it's fascinating to kind of hear that process of having to hunt down the people with the rights to actually even show something like that. Yeah. Is there something that you're like really passionate about that's been a no so far just yes. because of that process <laughs> that you can Which talk one were you about? Well, we wanted to get Dawn of the Dead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Dawn of the Dead is a, a really annoying thing where some guy bought the rights because he wanted to remaster it in 3D, oh. which he did finally do. And they, they did put it in some theaters last, last year, October. maybe. Um, and we had wanted to show it because we were doing the zombie walk that Sarah had organized where people would like dress up as a zombie and walk down the street in the neighborhood mm -hmm. we're in. And then they would see Dawn of the Dead at the end. That's yeah. the idea. But we couldn't get Dawn of the Dead because, again, this guy bought the rights to wow. do this 3D remastering thing. So we that's one. This year, too. Still no dice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you guys just getting stonewalled or are you getting some responses? I mean, how's no, they just don't like? respond. Yeah, a lot of the times, <laughs> especially for ones that are kind of outside of our usual avenues right. you'll reach out and then just not get a response and mm -hmm. that's the most frustrating because like well do we kind of roll the dice and just show it and say we'll pay you if we you know if you yeah. track us down or yeah. do we just not show it with dawn of the dead it, it, i don't think we'd be able to just roll the dice on it because right. just because it's such a high profile yeah. thing <laughs> definitely yeah yeah it's just become a cult of a cult phenomenon yeah. in yeah. many ways i mean there's people that like participate in it that probably have no idea about what it is <laughs> to begin yeah. with it's just the aesthetic of you know it's a zombie thing and that's kind of mm -hmm. you know it's cross pop culture you know through various things mm -hmm. you know walking dead now course, and, yeah. and so on and then they had kind of a rebirth too with dawn of the dead whenever they did the remakes with zack right. snyder in the mid-2000s exactly, yeah. i can just imagine that that's a lot of crap to have to go through just to show that <laughs> okay. yeah right and there's like um well there's one movie i didn't even really try it that much but uh the heartbreak kid from the 70s yeah and it somehow through some weird way got owned by GlaxoSmithKline, the pharmaceutical company <laughs> and so if you want to show it and a few places have done it i guess they tracked down the right person but like you have to go through this pharmaceutical company <laughs> that's where it was some like wow. i don't it was a settlement or something like that some weird thing like that martin skink or whatever that guy's name yeah. was that wu-tang yeah all the rights right he's client. a pharmacist guy oh yeah yeah, yeah the pharma, pharma bro yeah pharma um, bro guy Shkreli or whatever yeah, sure. yeah that's right yeah, yeah right they sold Shrelly. the rights to one they made an album and then like yes yeah right yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's weird like, that, yeah. like uh, i mean obviously he's probably a fan that's why he did what he did but and that yeah. guy sucks too. But <laughs> for the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, why should he own the rights? right? It's like yeah, the exactly. same with GlaxoSmithKline. Clients. Like, why should they have the right? Right. You know, just yeah. Like, give it back to the filmmakers. Right. Give it back to the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What, that was kind of a well. Just on that same topic, we're showing. I think I mentioned Decline of Western Civilization, mm -hmm. which is a great documentary about the early hardcore scene in LA yeah. and stuff. And it was directed by Penelope, Penelope Spheris, who went on to direct bigger movies like um, Wayne's World and stuff. Right. And um, it was cool to find out that she apparently still owns the rights uh -huh. to that. So, like, nice. I went through her. I got a response wow. real, real quickly, clear rate that was fair. And it was just like it was real. It, it's like that's how I wish it worked every time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that was like a the good side of it where it feels like, OK, well, she'll get some you know i'm sure the money doesn't mean that much to her but sure um you know she'll get a little bit of something out of it we'll get out of Absolutely. it you know everybody wins those are the best like scenarios yeah. just to hammer down on the weeds one more one more time with this uh what, what was the process going through like doing the david lynch films like who'd you have to reach out to and that sort of stuff yeah so days? most of um and there is actually one we weren't uh able to show but for most of the, so there's this company called Swank, mm -hmm. which is based in St. Louis, although the, that just happens to be, and they own the rights to most mainstream releases from big studios of the last oh. however many years. Okay. Like I'm, most that of the big yeah. ones. Yeah. So like most mainstream movies you've ever heard of, they'll own the rights. Okay. And then there's a different company called 
Criterion Picks USA, unrelated to Criterion Collection oh. or anything like that. <laughs> they just happen to have that name. And they own kind of the, if they don't have it, then often they'll, the Criterion Picks will have it. Swank doesn't have a Criterion Picks. So for a lot of them, you can just get them by going through that. Okay. And so like any given month, we're, we're booking like five or six movies through those companies. I got you. And then there's another one, Janus Films, which owns a lot of the like older art house and foreign yeah. films. Um, and they're affiliated with Criterion Collection. Yeah. Okay. So I know like Eraserhead, we got through Janus. Okay. Um, and a lot of the other ones we would have gotten through Swank. Um, there was, we wanted to show, they did a restoration of Lost Highway and Janus was releasing that. But when they do these restorations, they only want you to be able to show it on DCP, which is digital cinema projection. And um, you have to have a whole machine and yeah, it costs yeah. a bunch of money. And we don't have that. We, yeah. we just play yeah. off of files and off of Blu-rays and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because we're small and I mean, it wouldn't make any difference if it was a DCP, it wouldn't look any better in the small space we have. Yeah. But anyway, if you don't have that, they don't want to give you the rights. Cause I guess they want to ensure that like it's a new restoration. So it's shown in the right. Mm -hmm. Best right. presentation or whatever. So sometimes that'll happen where like there's a new restoration going around mm -hmm. um, and we're not really able to pick it up, even though we'd like to, because we don't have the DCP technology here. No. And sometimes they want you to show it for multiple days and we just don't do like a three day run of something. Right. 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 Generally. Yeah. Um, so that makes it a little bit harder to get some films. Yeah. Too. Probably would with Lost Highway or something, but yeah, it, yeah. it's just that Depends technology aspect that they don't want to. Right. And again, that's where we kind of fall into this other category because Swank that I talked about, yeah. they're technically for non-theatrical distribution. Um, and they really started out because it was like you're a library or a cruise ship mm -hmm. or a university. Gotcha. When those kind of, or a school, you know, wants to play a movie, technically that's who they should be licensing. Um, anything that's not just a movie theater. And because we're so small and kind sure. of different that we fall into that category. basically. Is how it it's works. funny to hear that because uh, people, again, you know, don't think about the business piece in the end and the hoops that you got to jump through, though. I mean, I think I think a lot of things are coming to light now, too, particularly with this most recent writer strike and the actors are joining up uh, as well. And that's. And to drive this point back home, the money doesn't always get to the people that probably earned it or deserved it. You know, there's mm -hmm. like people that I think I read this wild story about the guy who was the big head on the Power Rangers. He got like one hundred and fifty dollars for yeah. his like first week of work or something crazy like that's, that, that's you know, insane, with no yeah. promise that he was going to have a job. Yeah. Uh, but like talk about how iconic that show is and, you know, him specifically character. right? Yeah. Uh, over time. But, uh, you know, and that's kind of the reason they're doing what they're doing in the event that folks don't know that. Um, but yeah, I've heard stories that like the people on orange is the new black the residuals yeah. they get or something like 30 cents uh -huh. ever because yeah. they do all this fancy accounting where somehow an incredibly popular movie has lost money millions of dollars every year just because yeah. they move some digits around and then nobody gets paid out of it yeah i'm yeah. glad you brought that up i think it was a prominent actress in that show i never watched it yeah uh, i never got around to it personally it was kind of in the meat of it by, by the time i'd started to hear about it myself but um, I know one of the prominent actresses in that is the exact example that you're bringing right, up, you yeah, know, which is crazy. I mean, the, the actors, you know, are, are not getting paid. From, and streaming has also like kind that. of affected that too. Yeah, totally. Uh, very drastically too. And these, these studios like Netflix, whenever they're going to have these labor negotiations, now these streaming services and entities are actually having to come to these meetings, sit at the same table as Warner brothers or whoever the case, you know, Warner brothers discovery or whoever the case is. And, uh, you know, and it, it's kind of funny, like all these other people that you have to get involved now is just going to make it more complicated, um, more parties to talk to, more hoops to jump through. You know, these streaming services have just gotten so acclimated to getting away with like pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. um, and the example that you're using, just to drive that point home with Netflix, specifically in the Orange is New Black, is just incredible. Right. But I like to hear that you guys are making it a point to speak to the people that were actually directly involved with the film filmmakers themselves right. and cut these deals rather than, I mean, you got to do what you got to do going through a distribution. Yeah. I mean, often the filmmakers don't own the rights right. in that way. So they can't give you the, they probably would like to, right. but um, they just can't do it. That's just not how it works. So in the situations where it is, where it does work like that, that's like I said, those are kind of the best yeah. from a business standpoint, feel the best. It's like, we're all getting a little mm -hmm. cut. And right. 
you know, there's not a ton of money in just doing a one-off screening anyway right. for anybody, but you know, there is a little bit. And so it's nice to pay somebody who has actually, you know, made the film a exactly. creative person rather than, you know, going through a middleman who has another exactly. studio middleman. Right. And then maybe the director got a penny out of us showing their movie sure. or something. Right. If sure. that, I don't know. Right. Yeah. The music side has a very similar, you know, structure as well and issues there. Like, yeah. for example, if we interview a band and we want to play their music, it really depends on who has the rights. Right. If they're through, exactly. like, or yeah. wherever, like if we want to yeah. play a classic song of theirs and they were on any large studio at any point, it's like the band doesn't own the rights to the music. People don't realize that in a lot yeah. of cases, especially a lot of bands when they're young, just to get the exposure, they will sign these crazy deals with record companies uh -huh. yeah. and uh, they don't have the rights to their own music. Yeah, and some of those artists, you know, they'll like re-record their own songs right. just to get back the rights to the record because they may own the the writing credits, but not right. the, the recording. Right. And so they'll re-record their own songs. And exactly, it's crazy that that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's tight in here, but that's all right. Yeah, comfortable chairs. They, they are pretty comfortable stools. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, A plus there. So that's another feature here that we can dive on. Something interesting, we try to play around with the public domain. Um, right. Yeah, there are true. films that are there that sure. you know are free to exhibit. Yes. Um, and that's what's been point. interesting for us since we opened is um, silent movies. Mm -hmm. um, because if you have to be out 70 years before you're considered public domain. No, is it's it more, more than, than that. It's 90? something weird, like 97 years or something. So you're like just now getting into like the Chaplin. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. Stuff is entering the public domain. But what we've seen, and this is kind of like uh, Keith's also an attorney. So he likes getting into the, right. the weeds of this. There you go. Um, I know that I like it, but well, I just get, I get mad about it sometimes. And um, I'm like, yeah. Is that studios will claim to have the distribution rights to these movies that are in the public domain because they've restored them or they've sure. added a new score to them. Yeah. Um, which then, you know, something that we should be able to show and not pay anybody for, right. um, yeah. just exhibit it because it's in the public domain. Um, they claim to have the rights to. So that's been interesting mm. for us. Yeah. The Harold Lloyd people are the, you know, so Harold Lloyd's the guy who, like hangs off the clock and that famous image. Yeah. So like that film we showed, a couple of years ago, I knew it was in the public domain. It had just entered that year, or the year before. And then I got an email from the Harold Lloyd Foundation or something. They're like, well, we own the right to the restoration. You'll be shown the restoration. So, but we don't need want to charge you. We just want you to sign this thing. And I, I can tell what they're doing. It's trying to build up an argument that they own rights and restoration. Right. Just again, getting into legal weeds here, but you're getting caught up in somebody else's battle. really. Yeah. And it's pretty clear from like, the legal precedent that's out there that a restoration, a copyright is supposed to be an original work, right? right. Well, a restoration inherently is not, it's just Correct. restoring what the original vision was, the original structure, just making the picture look nicer or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and there, there's clearly a, a little bit of a movement to try to claim like, Oh, we restored this. We own the right to that version that was restored, you know, that sure. 4k restoration or whatever. And I mean, they did put work into it and they, you know, they'll make money from, criterion having it and whatever right. all that kind of stuff but um the film itself is still just the the film you know so, right right you know, sorry this flies uh, <laughs> really it's all good <laughs> dealt with way worse that's for sure yeah <laughs> uh so one other feature th i wanted to lean into of uh the business operation that you guys have here is the private events mm -hmm. you guys will host private events it doesn't matter what the event is centered around you know birthdays anniversaries whatever the case is I will say I reached out to you guys uh, back in May about perhaps hosting an event for me. Uh, the p other parties involved weren't interested in that, but mm -hmm. uh, you guys are very responsive. I want to commend you uh, immediately getting back with me, um, you know, prices, times, what do's and don'ts, uh, you know, whether you can bring in outside food, um, just kind of the, all, all the things that you are to consider whenever hosting a, a, a live and private event. Um, but, uh, that's a biz that's a part of the business that you guys do that I think some people don't realize because I didn't even, I didn't know that either until I was here and then you guys were turning over the uh, short film festival and you had a private <laughs> birthday party coming in and it was yeah. a real right. tight, yeah, yeah. tight turnaround <laughs> there. Tight so thing, yeah. let's talk about the private events that you guys have and kind of the parameters there. Yeah. Um, you can rent out the space for four hours and basically use it however you want. A lot of folks choose to show a movie. Um, but you know, we've had people, um, put on home movies or, um, like slideshows or things like that. It's just really nice to have a space where people can get together and watch something and have more of a communal experience. Absolutely. Those right. tend to be a little bit more informal. Um, right. like my sister showing Shrek here for her birthday next weekend. <laughs> she did it last year. Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, last night we had somebody rent it out to premiere, uh, their movie, um, a short skate film. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an experience, especially if you have your own film, like I said before, being able to see it up on the screen with your family and friends is a really unique experience. Yeah. But I think that when you asked about, is it, does our business look different than we thought it might, Mm -hmm. the private events are definitely a bigger piece of it than I think we realized because, okay. um, there is definitely a big um, market, market we've found. And I think our rates are, you know, relatively reasonable um, for, you know, just hosting a party, sure. especially if you have a, a decent number of people and, you know, people can get snacks and drinks right. and all that stuff. So um, even when we were outside, that started becoming something that, and we had a lot of bookings out there and it's continued inside. And I'd say most Saturdays are taken up with private events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, if you see, look right. at our schedule and see there's not much, on Saturdays, that's generally because right. that's when we have a lot of uh, parties. Okay. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I know that, you know, whenever I reached out to you guys, I was trying to plan an anniversary party. So I was trying to think of like, what avenue are we going to go with this? Are there going to be kids here or not? And again, that was just say, probably asking like the most random individual questions. But, you know, you guys, again, very timely with the response. But uh, our, our taste, just for the comedy aspect of it, I was ranging between uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox or The Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, it was we'll contingent on whether or not uh, kids were going to be involved. Yeah. In <laughs> right. Yeah. It, right. Yeah, that's always a, a tricky thing. I know people have not picked the movie they want to because kids are coming. And, right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a point I wanted to bring up. The kids are welcome at these particular private events too. Yeah. Uh, specifically. Yeah, and kids are generally welcome. I mean, we don't get a lot of kids, and we haven't. We've experimented a little bit with like doing family friendly showing programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't done it a ton. I think partially because of that Saturday morning or afternoon feels like the right time, but then we tend to have private events. So sure. it just doesn't, Yeah, we don't have the best time for it, but um, you know, it's something we may do a little bit more. So if people do have kids, you know, at least keep an eye on us and you may find stuff popping up on the schedule. Yeah. More. Absolutely. Was there anything about the business that you guys want people to know about kind of frequently asked questions that you guys get perhaps that we didn't hit on the conversation today? We probably will never do Rocky Horror. I'm really okay. sorry. <laughs> a lot of people asking about that one. Yeah. It's probably we, our most asked about yeah. movie, specific movie. Yeah. Is it because of the film rights? Back to licensing. It's yeah, very it expensive. expensive. Yeah. Gotcha. And we just don't have the space to make it, you know, the, the kind of event that it is. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. I yeah. also don't want to clean up rice off of the, yes. uh, the floor yeah. or anything like that. So yeah. uh, that, that may be the sticking point. But yeah, people do ask about it because people love Rocky Horror. But right. there are other, yeah. uh, you know, around October, especially, there's always somewhere that's doing Rocky right. Horror. And there's like a live theater that does um, like Rocky Horror events Flustered and stuff. Mustard. Yeah, right, based right. here in St. Louis. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think there are plenty of opportunities to do Rocky Horror. Sure. But, yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. like a whole Alamo programming thing, yeah. too, as well. So, um, you know, and it's nice to be able to host events like that, but you know, people have to understand too, especially with something like Rocky horror, you have to have the actual, you know, seating area to do that and uh, staff to do so. And it's just you two running everything. So like when it comes to cleanup too, specifically, it's like, you know, you gotta, you have to take that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you were to get the rights. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And then inevitably there'll be rice left over. Exactly. (laughs) It's one of them things. Yeah. Those little, yeah. Pellets of rice. (laughs) Well, we've come to the part of the program that I, I like to close things out by talking to people uh, more specifically about personal interest type stuff so people, our guests get to know you guys a little bit better. And uh, we'll make it theme specific since, of course, this is a micro cinema bar here. <laughs> and uh, just out of curiosity, you know, let's let's get some favorite films, favorite performances, that sort of thing. We'll start with films. Like, was there some favorite films for you? So I never have a good answer to this question because it's, it's always, pick, right? for me, it's so, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like picking kids. The movie I always say, just be because it was kind of formative for me is 2001 a space odyssey. Okay. So I saw it fairly young when I was like 12. I didn't understand it at all, Sure. but it was just like, and I saw it on TV, you know, but it was just like the images and just, it felt so different the sound right. and the music. I was like, it just really showed me like, Oh man, there's a whole different like yeah. way that a film can mm-hmm. work on you. Yeah. And so I think that one for me is just like, it's so formative. I, I have Definitely. to say it's my favorite, you know? Yeah. It's kind of got that esoteric uh, element to it. You know, right. people uh, have different interpretations as to what's going on that has been bantied about over the years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How about for you? 
Um, I don't know. The favorite film thing is always so hard. <laughs> I usually just go with like favorite genres, uh -huh. so, like a good sci-fi yeah. or some horror. Yeah. Or like just exploring an actor's catalog. Like I've been digging Christopher Walken lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, William Willem Dafoe. So usually, you know, if I'm going to check something out looking for who's in it. Yeah. yeah. Funny that you bring up Willem Dafoe. I for I do like theme birthdays and stuff for my wife and uh, you know, Christmases and stuff. It makes it easier to pick out gifts. Uh, so like one year I did a David Bowie and I wanted to pick out a film that I was very confident she hadn't seen. And it might've been here or a destroy the brain showing where we had saw a trailer for the hunger or a clip from the oh, hunger. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get that for her. Cause she hadn't seen it. It's a Tony Scott film. Right. Pretty good director, actually Ridley Scott's brother. Uh, and, uh, we, we actually ended up watching that. And I was like, Holy shit, there's Willem Dafoe like, <laughs> the phone booth scene. Like not even like, He's got like one speaking line. He's, I think he says crazy druggy or something like that <laughs> yeah. in there. But that's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's all he's in there for. But it's weird to see him in that context of uh, yeah. early 80s, you know? Right. And to see him kind of young, yes. it's always weird. Yes. He still has an old man's face. Yes. <laughs> yes. He he's got that look about him like he's always, he was born 50 or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like yeah. a, a youthful 50. But uh, yeah, it's kind of odd to see him having aged over time. So, yeah. So what are some actors or actresses that you guys subscribe to? You know, if they're going to be in a movie, you like to kind of go down that rabbit hole and check them out specifically who you're drawn to. You know, yeah. I feel like for a while it was like a Robert Pattinson. We were like, if he's in a movie, we're probably going to go see it. Yeah. Um, for new stuff. For new for stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Post Twilight. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Just, yeah. Post Twilight. <laughs> um, yeah. The Rover kind of started that for me with him. I yeah. His performance and that was pretty good. That one. And yeah. Uh, the Lighthouse. Really Absolutely. Speaking Fantastic. of Paul yeah, I mean, I would say Defoe is definitely someone who, if he's in a movie, um, don't be worth watching. More apt to we check it out. We are at some point going to do a Defoe defest. Yes, hell yeah, <laughs> just show some <laughs> Willem Defoe movies. Um, I mean, Nicolas Cage definitely is always because we have the event, we end up watching a lot of them. Sure, and mm -hmm. we do love. I mean, he's the kind of guy who the movie can be really just awful, yeah. but he will bring at least a couple scenes he's where he's just it. doing something <laughs> weird and different. And he's cool too because he's not like you usually think of good actors as like they seem very natural or they're just like yeah. realistic performance. Whereas he goes the opposite way. He's like, I'm going to make a big out yes. as kind of impression. And so I, I really I do like that a lot. On the older spectrum, I mean, I, we like Vincent Price a lot. Oh, and absolutely. We did an event with his daughter actually, who wrote a biography of him and stuff. That's and great. that was really cool. Um. And Orson Welles, I mean, I, I love him as a director, but I also love him as an actor. And if he shows up in some random piece of crap movie, sure. it's going to be a good scene, at least. Absolutely. He's not uh, necessarily that um, engaged in it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about some uh, female actresses that you guys are yeah. big followers of? Uh, Tilda Swinton, I always oh, like. Wow. And yeah, she, she's great. she definitely makes interesting choices, I mean, of what movies to do. So yeah. she's in something. <laughs> Oh yeah, Kate Blanchett's kind of no. It's it's actually my wallet, so it's not it's not your chair at all. They are uh, well, the brand is Comfort Lines, so they actually should be really well, comfortable. The they thing are, is, but they're also just, like really old. Yeah. <laughs> true, it's true. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I would say Tilda Swinton definitely. I'm trying to think because they're definitely um, Kate Blanchett's kind of like Tilda Swinton. Kate Blanchett, yes, yeah, she's always yeah, she's always really good. Um, yeah, I have a better answer. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, it's classic actresses. Classic Maybe actresses. Maybe not with us anymore. Yeah, I really like um, Barbara Stanwyck, who um, definitely when she's in a comedy, she you know, like old screwball comedies and stuff. Yeah. She's always really great. Um, so, yeah, definitely her. And um, yeah, Betty Davis I was kind oh, sure. of, is like. She just so has such a weird quality about her. Right, so right. it's kind of cool to, you know, see her in a movie and she's got this different, you know, Definitely. she's not like a classic beauty or whatever, like a lot of actresses. She's got a more interesting look. So right. she's always cool. Sure. How about for you? Oh, I'm going to have to just default to what Keith said. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Any, any new actresses that you guys are really into? Um, Mia Goth. Okay. Um, I've yes. been, yeah, the movies she's been doing, um, I don't always, I, I haven't loved every movie that she's been in, but she is always given a performance that again, it's she's worthy, doing yeah. something different and it definitely feels like she's like 
you know, coming up with a whole Definitely. character and a whole vibe around it. So I always, um, I always appreciate that. Um, that transition from X to Pearl was right. Yeah. <laughs> character shift. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. That shows her range for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, um, speaking of X, uh, um, Jenna Ortega seems kind of interesting. Yeah. She hasn't done a, a ton yet. I mean, right. she was in the Wednesday show and that stuff, but, um, she definitely like, I've seen some interviews with her and the movies she's choosing. I feel like she's going to be like, go in the more next interesting actress, directions. Yeah. yeah. And I think she'll, yeah, be not only big, but also like pick those interesting projects, yeah. which I think is, is part of it as well. Florence um, Pugh is another young actress. Yeah. Yeah. Check out everything that she's in. Yeah. We're she planning to see Oppenheimer or I'm planning to see it on Monday, um, which I haven't seen yet, but I know yeah. she's in that. So she's always great. And um, yeah, we showed Midsummer, and um, yes, cool. her performance of that really like, Electric. Without that performance, I think the movie wouldn't work. I Not mean, at all. She's just such a central no. figure in her face when she's like... She's like 90% <laughs> of that movie without yeah. question. Scarlett Johansson I hadn't necessarily been following, but I, the new Wes Anderson movie, I yes. thought she was really, really good in that. Absolutely. I was like uh, kind of surprised like how good her performance was yeah, in, definitely. in that one. Yeah, yeah. Under the Skin I liked a lot, too. Yeah, that's a, that's a really yeah. cool one. Yeah, yeah. and definitely more yeah offbeat than... I don't know, Black Widow or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll round it out with where folks can find you guys at and stay up to date with events that you guys have going on. I would assume social media. I know you have a website. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so our website's www.arcadincinema.com. Arcadin's A-R-K-A-D-I-N. And then on uh, Instagram, we're at Arcadin Cinema, right? Think we, and Facebook, yes. I think we're at Arcadden Cinema, and then, and then Twitter, Twitter and we're actually just at Arcadden. Okay, we got that. <laughs> so. yeah. Very, very, very cool. And yeah. we, of course, are going to be putting links in the yeah. episode details saying, whenever yeah, things publish. So anybody that's on the live feed today, and you're just hopping on, or you just caught a portion of the conversation, whenever you go back to those on-demand features, uh, you're going to see those links that where you can follow these guys across various social media platforms as well as their website. So that's going to be on both the audio version as well as the video version that we have on YouTube, the Twitch rip stream that we're doing today. We want to thank you guys so much for your thank time you today. Guys. We had a pleasure yes. covering your guys' business and letting folks know about you and uh, place, yeah. keep it up. Absolutely. Much success to you. And uh, we just really love what you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, thanks same so to you. And thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I'm staring at the sky. Ships passing in the night I'm shuffling my feet I'm waiting for a sign
all that I am When I'm shaking off a dream Or I'm marching to the sea I walk on until the end of where the fading light can Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there.